Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, I want us to start here at um, at Psalm three, and we're going to go right from Psalm three to Psalm four. We could have started with one, but anyway, uh, let's just see why these uh, psalms are in here. But God wants you protected all the time, and and listen, you don't have to trade protection for uh, oh <clears throat> because I'm not good enough. You always have forgiveness for anything, and you've got protection. <clears throat> now I am. Uh, uh, this is the King James version here, but let's just watch what happens here. So I'm going to switch quickly to um, to the Living Bible here in just a moment. And you could look at the NIV or any other translation; you would see the same thing. Uh, this is Psalm three, so this is early on. Just trying to uh, tell you how easy it is to find this. And again, I will remind you that just like for you and just like for me, it's so easy to not read your Bible. You can just figure it out for yourself. You have to make time to read the Bible. But anyway, Psalm three. Oh, now it says the Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, uh, his son. Almost makes it sound like, well, I guess this was a one-time deal. No, Psalm 4 is going to erase all that because no matter what you're faced with, you don't have to have a great crisis, a small crisis, or any crisis to work. Look at this. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Sounds good, and if you had the Bible on tape like I used to, I like to listen to it, and you'd get so and so's voice, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it makes it sound so serious, whatever. Well, your problems are serious because even if you hear that on tape, your mind will drift, and you won't be listening to the answer. But the answer was just told right here. Watch this. He states, and he says, there is no help for him in God. That's the kind of thought. In other words, we can have the same thoughts that, you know, I don't even think God, God probably doesn't want to help me. Uh, and he's just not going to help me. Well, that's what he was saying. People were saying about him. But what did he say? Look at verse 3. But thou, O Lord, art, art. Who's art? Sounds like a person. Well, we know that's King James. It's Old English. But it means you are, notice this, a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. Now, I'm going to switch this to the Living Bible. Let's watch what happens here. <clears throat> the Living Bible. <clears throat> oh, let's see. He says here, uh, Oh Lord, so many are against me. So many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. Uh, notice the word me and notice the word I here. I mean, don't we need to be going to Africa and telling people about Jesus Christ? Well, yeah, you ought to go. But I tell you what, before you get there, before you get your bags all packed and everything, if you've got trouble in your life, you need to get that fixed. Because you can go off to Africa and you won't even tell them everything because you're worried about family at home. You're worried about your health maybe in your body right now. You cannot effectively talk about life and having life more abundantly if you're not experiencing it. Again, Psalm 3. How long would it take me to find Psalm 3? And every time you read Psalm 3, if you said it out loud, it's you doing the talking. Verse 2. So many say that God will never help me. Have you ever told yourself and convinced yourself that, you know, God's not going to help me either? You know, I, I could have been a better Christian. I could have been. Yeah, quit saying that. Look what he says in verse 3. But, Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and my only hope. Hmm. Hope for what? Let's get the context. Obviously, he was in trouble. You know what Absalom was? Absalom, and you read the story for yourself in 1 Kings and 2 Kings. It'll be 1 Kings for him and 1 Chronicles. And even Samuel, you could find out the story in those three books right there. You, you look it up and you read it. Absalom, guess what? His son. Oh, wow. Family trouble to the highest level. This son wanted to kill David. 
Now, guess what the Bible also says when you read that story about David? Uh, Absalom, the Bible says that David never told that son no. Just let him do anything. How many times have you ever seen a parent that you wish they would spank their kids? Or you wish they would control their children? They think it's up to the high school. They think it's up to the police or whatever. Oh, my goodness. Well, guess what kind of dad David was in this situation? Just like that. Well, David, la di da di da No wonder your son won't be dead. Hmm. Wow. You could say, well, David shouldn't even play, should he? Because, hey, my own fault. Let me tell you something. That's where we miss it. When you make mistakes, don't blame yourself. You go right to the answer. If you want hot water, turn it on hot. You don't ask yourself, well, I don't deserve hot water. Turn it on hot. You've got a shield and a deliverer, and even if you've made mistakes, you still go to God, and God will get you out of trouble. Anyway, your own heart will tell you, well, God's not going to help me, but you can't do that. You've got to act like David and go straight to verse 3. But thou, O Lord, you know, you are always my shield. You're my glory and my only hope. You alone can lift my head, now bowed in shame. <clears throat> Look at verse 4. I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me from his uh, temple in Jerusalem. Now, where's he getting this from? How is it that he knows God will hear him? Well, again, if you're not reading your Bible, you will always think, you know, based on your experience, based on did anything happen in the next 15 minutes, I guess God is not listening to my prayers. And you'll have a lot of voices, mostly your own, that will convince you that, you know, God's not going to help you. I mean, why do you think you're so great? Again, when you think about what Jesus has done for us, it's not about what we have done, it's what Jesus has done. I mean, look at this. Verse 4, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me from his temple in Jerusalem. We have so many thoughts that God does not hear our prayers, and you cannot go there if you want to have help from heaven. <clears throat> Verse 5, then I laid down and slept in peace. Now, how could you sleep in peace if the, if the thoughts you were thinking just prior in verse 3 was, even God can't help you? David said, I can't. I'm going to lay down and sleep. And woke up, look at that word, faithfully, for the Lord was watching over me. Look at verse 6. Where are we going with this? And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, now wait a minute. We jump from one, a son who now wants to kill me, to now 10,000. And it's not really just 10,000, but guess how many? They surround me on every side. Watch it. He says, I am not afraid. Now, why is he not afraid? Is he psychotic? Is he just, he just trying to block this out? No. Look at verse 7. I will cry to him. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. And he will slap them in the face. Look at this. Praise the Lord. He'll slap them in the face, insulting them uh, and breaking off their teeth. Now look at verse 8. For salvation comes from God. Now remember, let's don't think about salvation being John 3, 16, I'm going to go to heaven. <laughs> he was talking about, Lord, help me, my son wants to kill me. And also, now I'm surrounded by entire nations, there are 10,000 people coming after him. <clears throat> he said salvation, notice he didn't say it can come from God, he says it comes from God. You know, I've mentioned this several times, but if you read the book of Isaiah, you read Jeremiah, Ezekiel, God was trying to convince the Israelites who had gone after and worshipped idols, 
And he said, listen, that idol cannot save you. He was not making reference to taking them to heaven. The Assyrians were coming. The Babylonians were coming. And God was making fun of them, saying, okay, yeah, you got a piece of wood there. You cut it down and you carve out an idol and you bow down before it. You take the other piece of wood and you put it in the fireplace and it heats you. And you cook your food. And you bow down to an idol that can't even hold itself up. It has to be carried somewhere. And God was arguing, if you would just off me, I would help you. But today, we got this idea that God is not the answer. Medical science is the answer. There's no such thing as miracles. Well, if you check up on everybody, nobody's doing any praying like David did here in Psalm 3. But that's the reason we're looking at it, because we do pray like this. He says, I'll cry to him, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. And he will slap it in the face. Anyway, verse 8. Salvation comes from God. What joy does he give to all his people? Well, I'm not too happy today. Well, the book of James says, Is any among you afflicted? Guess what the next phrase is? Let him what? Pray. If you're in trouble today, just pray. What Brother Phil was talking about earlier, you know, he picked up that fellow hitchhiking, you know, and he said, You've just got to try. And Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord's good. We just have to get out there and get our feet wet. Now, Let's go right on into the very next psalm. That's Psalm 3. <clears throat> look, at psalm, look at Psalm 4 here. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, God, well, I'm going to switch this to the King James just for a moment, because this is good in the, in the living Bible. I want you to see something. Verse 1, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Wow, man, that's preacher school right there. I have no idea what that is. Well, I tell you, one thing you do when you're reading your Bible and you see something like that, don't. Don't let it stop you. Keep reading at least. You would figure out from reading the rest of it that hmm, God still must have liked David. Uh, that's in my Bible, so I guess he likes it too. But I'm going to point out something here. Hear me when I call. Boy, I kind of passed that up like that. You need to realize when you take a moment to ask God for help, he hears you. How could I in Mark 11:24, which says, What things do you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So when I pray, I have to believe I have the answer. That's Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 24. How can Jesus teach me to do that when Jesus really wants me to think that heaven gets mad at me sometimes and doesn't want to listen to me? That's not true. That's not true. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Well, we can figure out most of that. David was saying, I want you to hear me, God. And then there's something about enlarge me when I was in distress. Hmm. Trying to think what, what, what kind of religious thing that might mean. Well, let's don't think of it as being some religious thing. These are critical times in your life and in mine. The book of Hebrews chapter 4, uh, the very last verse, verse 16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For some reason we have learned that we don't need to invite Jesus to help us out when we're in trouble. And that's where we goof up. You've got to ask him to get you out of trouble. I ordered a picture. Uh, it's coming it's a picture you've seen in many churches, and I'm going to stick it right here behind me. It's on the way. I've ordered it already. And it's a picture of Jesus, and it's made by that famous, uh, I found out who that uh, author is, whatever, well, painter. And he's doing what? He's knocking on that door. And I love that. That's Revelation 3.20, and guess what? Revelation 3.20, 
was written to a church. Boy, how many times has Jesus been knocking on my door as a Christian? Saying, Richard, I'll come in and dine with you and you with me if you just open that door. He was talking to Christians. Of course, the church today, we push him out and stuck it on track, and we've got it where he's knocking on the sinner's door. Well, of course he is. He leaves the 99, goes after the one. But I tell you what, <laughs> he's always knocking on my door saying, Richard, as soon as you pray, I got this whole staff of angels that are going to operation for you. Well, Lord, you know, this is serious. I don't even know if you oh, and I'm talking to Jesus through the door there. Jesus, I don't know, I mean I don't know if you really want to come in here. He don't want to come in. He volunteers. He's knocking at the door. Praise the Lord. Let's switch this to the to the living Bible. Watch what happens here. It's so amazing. But you can still get it from the King James. Anyway, this is Psalm four. Look at this. Oh God, now remember it said, Oh God of my righteousness. Look at this phrase. You have declared me perfect in your eyes. What? Mm -hmm. Now think about it. King James said, Oh God of my righteousness. In other words, God, you are my righteousness. When Abraham believed God that night, God said, Hey, look out the stars tonight. Remember, Abraham said, I don't have any kids. You going to give me a child? <laughs> That's what I really want. And God says, Oh, you want a child? Is that what's really on your heart? Hey, come here, Abraham. He showed him the heavens. And he said, this is all the stars. You try to count them, Abraham. And Abraham, guess what it, did, what it says? This is in uh, oh, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And it says that Abraham believed God. Now, what did he believe God? That there was a God? <laughs> what he knew there was a God? Been serving him for uh, several years at this point. He believed that God would give him a son. I mean, can you imagine God lying to you? Oh, here are you. But we think that. You know, by a stripes you're healed. You know, answer your prayer. Believe you receive when you pray. We have got to do what? We've got to believe. So Abraham at that moment, the Bible says, Abraham believed God when he saw those stars. And guess what it says? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What does that mean? See, that means that Jesus would talk to a human being Although he had made mistakes, and our mistakes can even go all the way back to the sin of Adam. Whatever Adam did, whatever the sin that he did, the Bible says, had dogged our tracks and covered us. We have no approach to God. But God accounted Abraham's faith, declared him righteous. Here we have, in Psalm 4, a phrase, he says, O God of my righteousness, and he says, oh God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. Now remember, Psalm 4 is the next psalm after Psalm 3, obviously. Psalm 3 was a problem David was facing. Guess what? We got more troubles here. Look what happened. He says, uh, uh, what did he say? He says, you have always cared for me in my distress. Let's go going further here. Let's take this easy. We've all quit thinking that Jesus only gives you one blessing and then the rest of the year he's off. Well, he's not off the rest of the year. He's here to help you all the time. He wants you so lit up that when you go to Walmart or go to wherever Fred goes to his German store or wherever, he wants you so excited about him, you can't help but bubble over and tell the miracles God's doing in your life. And when somebody says, yeah, well, that's just because Fred's but God, God just thinks Fred's the greatest Christian ever was. Fred's going to answer that, and he's going to say, I'm no different than you are. It's the mercy of God. See? 
Have mercy on me, he says. Anyway, he says, now hear me as I call. Look at this. Is Richard's problems ever going to end? No, not till we get to heaven, but it's okay. God wants to help you every day. Now hear me as I call again. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And then I'm telling you what. He goes right after Now let me tell you something very interesting here in verse 2. I'm going to go back over to the King James because it just loses me right here. I'm like, what is this? Uh, watch that in verse 2. Oh, ye sons of men, how long, let's go to this a little bit, how long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? What? What is this? How long will you turn my glory into shame? And how long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Well, remember, <clears throat> when you read the Bible, the devil doesn't want you to read that. He doesn't want you to understand it. He wants, the first thing he wants you to think is that that verse right there means God's mad at you, so just forget this part right here. It's got something to do with, you know, God's got his hands on his waist, and he's going, what's the matter with y'all? You sons of men, I guess that's me. How long will you turn my doorway into shame? Oh, I know I need to be a better Christian. Oh, here it comes. God's mad at me. How long will you love vanity? Oh, no. My life is all about myself. I know what vanity is. Well, hold on a minute. And seek after leasing? Oh, no. Whatever that means. It, it, it's probably talking about me. Now, hold on just a moment. Switch this over to the Living Bible this morning. Now, you would see this, like I said, in the NIV. But many times, you know, <clears throat> we just miss it because we think wrong things. Verse 2, the Lord asked, Sons of men, will you ever turn my glory into shame, look at this, by worshiping these silly idols? You've got to understand, people are trying to get help. And you and I can do the same thing. We can run after everything but the ones who can actually give us help. And we quit our search, and we start saying things like, well, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm just stuck with it. This is my cross I have to bear. What? Not asking you to bear a cross like that. Let's get it right. He says, you turn my glory into shame by worshiping these silly idols. Look at this. When every claim that's made for them is false, they will not get you out of trouble. Now watch his argument here. Look at verse 3. Mark this well. In other words, take a note. Hmm, what's the note? The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me. Now, that's kind of arrogant. He's going to listen to me and not listen to them. It's okay to boast in the Lord. It's actually what you call faith here. I mean, if we're not supposed to act like uh, these words in Psalms 3 and Psalms 4, then uh, why are they in our Bible? Mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. He will listen to me and answer when I call to him. You've got to make sure that doesn't hiccup in your life when you say that. So, Richard, I, I honestly have a problem with that. I'm just not... Well, you need to get over that. Think about the paralytic guy that was lowered down in front of Jesus. Born of four. In other words, four of his friends were lowering him in. There was a big crowd in there. Get it? A big crowd? Other people probably needed help more than he does. And now, these guys are ripping up the roof. So he talked about, we got some serious problems. We don't have any money to fix this roof. And here we are. We're interrupting. I'm trying to get to the head of the line. It brings up an interesting point. There's no head of the line with Jesus. Jesus, you don't have to wait four or five days to get Jesus' help. 
Now think about it, that paralyzed guy, as soon as he gets in front of Jesus, and don't you know Jesus saw him coming? He's like, in a minute, these guys going to be in the way. That's all right. And Jesus waits till he gets down there, and guess what he says? He looks to the guy and he says, my son, what would he say? Thy sins are forgiven thee. That's what he said. He said, your sins are forgiven thee. Don't you know that that must have been going through that paralyzed guy's mind thinking, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. I let my friends drop me down in front of this, uh, in front of Jesus, and I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, I tell you what, they would have never brought him if they thought that Jesus wasn't merciful. They knew this, and I'll tell you, that paralyzed guy knew it too. He wasn't surprised that Jesus would forgive him. What did the paralyzed guy really need? Sometimes we say, well, ultimately, it's just good in my life that I know I'm forgiven. Like that bumper sticker, what does it say, you know? I'm not perfect, just forgiven. Well, guess what? I may not be perfect, but I'm forgiven, but guess what? I got blessings too. I'm getting out of my trouble. God wants me out of my problems. Not only am I forgiven, but if I was paralyzed, I'm walking. Praise the Lord. He said, thy sins are forgiven me. Then all of a sudden people got mad. Oh, who is this guy? Do you think he's God? Because he, he's going around forgiving people of their sins? Who is he? Jesus knew it. And he turned to those that were there and he said, what's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven? Or to say, take up your bed and walk? But he says, to prove to you that I have authority to forgive sins, he turns to the guy that was paralyzed and said, take up your bed and walk. Take the walk. Hallelujah. <laughs> so anyway, back to Psalm chapter Psalm 4 and verse 3. Mark this well. The Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call to him. Now, why is that? Remember, if I can scroll up, verse 1 says that you have declared me perfect. It's not me. God has decided to forgive Richard. And he decided to forgive you too. Now, look at verse 4. Stand before the Lord in all and do not sin against him. Lie, up, lie quietly upon your bed in silent, in silent meditation. Put your trust in the Lord and offer him pleasing sacrifices. Many say that God will never help us. Look at that. Look what else he says in verse 6. Prove them wrong, O Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Well, think about that just a moment. Many say God will never help us. Are we supposed to count on God's help to, to, you know, to help us? Well, I think so. But see, sometimes our own traditional thoughts is God helps those that what? Help themselves. Oh, yeah, that's a real scripture. No, it's not a real scripture. Probably right out of the Mormon book. Or, excuse me, not the Mormons, but the Muslims, you know. Or people that don't even believe in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if you're in trouble, Jesus Christ will get you out of trouble. Praise the Lord. He will. Put your trust in the Lord. Hmm. Now, what kind of trust is he talking about here in verse 5? Just help. We all believe there's a God. I mean, come on. The Bible even says the devils even believe and tremble. That's not the kind of faith we're looking for here. The kind of faith we're looking for here is God will help me. Praise the Lord. Many say that God will never help us. Prove them wrong. Remember, this is a prayer, isn't it? This is not, oh, hey, everybody in the room here, I want to tell you something. No. I want to scroll up and show you. All you've got to do is say this, because this here is directed to who? To God. Look at that. Oh, God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. This is a snapshot of a prayer 
between David, but now it's going to be you and I, because we're looking at it, between you and the Lord. But we got a lot of cleaning up to do in our prayers, don't we? It's simply called faith, and so, you know, which is basically faith. <laughs> now watch this. Many say God will never help us. That's what you're saying to the Lord. Lord, you know, many say you're not going to help us. Prove them wrong. Well, I sure hope God does it. <laughs> what is that in here? I sure hope God will do it. No! Prove them wrong. Lord, by letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Verse 7. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than the joys at harvest time as they gave their bountiful crop. In other words, man, I just got an anything. I got a raise. All these great things seem to be happening. The joy of having God in our lives and, and setting me free from whatever Mickey Mouse problem this was. Now here's the end of it, verse 8. I will lie down in peace and sleep. Look at this. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. I hope so. I got my fingers crossed. I don't hope so about it. I'm going to be all right. Praise the Lord. God is going to keep me safe. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go to one last place, and then we'll stop right here. It's something that God had told um, <clears throat> Moses to get Aaron to say. And now Aaron was acting as the high priest, or shall we say the preacher or the religious people, to say over the people every day. Now watch what he says here. It's in uh, Numbers chapter 6. Let me get over there real quick. And we're going to stop right here. But watch this. Now what I like about this is, <laughs> How many, what was the number that we figured uh, came out from Egypt? Uh, it was six million. Six million people. What a huge church. You know, there's got to be a couple of there that are rotten. Well, if you're going to start talking about people that are rotten or whatever, the first thing you'll do is you'll start blaming yourself. You'll say, well, I'm one of the rotten ones. Yeah, just keep on condemning yourself. You're going to talk to yourself right out of the blessings of God. Okay, this is in Numbers chapter 6. Uh, notice verse 16, the priest shall bring them before the Lord and offer his sin offering. Okay, whatever. And here's the ram for a peace offering. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The priest shall do this and all this kind of stuff. Now look at this, verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses. Well, just interesting enough, you can go look at it for yourself, but one of those things he said in the previous verses was a sin offering. I don't know why we hiccup and think that, oh, my goodness, I have made a mistake. Oh, no, I'm not going to get these blessings. He just got there talking about how there was a ram given as a sacrifice to take care of sins. Well, we know the ultimate ram is the Lamb of God. Some reason today we think that our sins are so bad it takes more than Jesus to forgive us. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So anyway, based on the uh, former verses, which says that obviously the people made some mistakes, didn't they? Well, guess what? Verse 22. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, that's just the priest, the Levi, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, This is very familiar. I heard this at my mom's church and I when we grew up at the end of the service. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be graced unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. That was a blessing. It was not to make us all look like we went to Wesley Heights Baptist Church. It was an identifier. No, it wasn't either. It was a blessing. Now, I'm going to switch this to the King James Version. Because, you know what, we have a little... Sometimes we miss this right here. Oh, uh, bless and keep. I wonder what keep. Do you want to get rid of me? Keep these protections. Look at this living Bible. Uh, look at my notes here. I mean, look at that. That's, that's going to be verse 
24. Because when I switch it to the living Bible, we'll lose where we're at. All right, all the way down here is 24. Here we go. Now, remember, uh, God told Moses, said, uh, uh, you, you get Aaron to do this. Now, watch this. May the Lord bless and protect you. And not, not only the young ladies, or the, 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 the ladies only, or the preacher and his family. The rest of you are on your own. It was all the entire nation of Israel. What did he say? May the Lord bless and protect. Well, maybe it's not God's will. Maybe God doesn't want to. He commanded Moses to tell Aaron that you do this every day. Can you imagine how irritated the Lord was that the people would go after idols? Oh, I need that little that piece of wood over there to protect me. I want to worship the God of the Assyrians. I want to take my children and throw them in the fire because the God of the Assyrians was a great God. But we wouldn't need it. How horrible. Human sacrifices and all this kind of thinking that's going to help. Back to it. Now the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons that they are to give this special blessing to who? The people of Israel. Would you consider yourself the people of God? Yeah. Watch this. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. Well, I don't make him happy. <laughs> says here you do. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you peace. Boy, I wish I had that today. You do have it. Jesus said, peace I give unto you. Not as the world is. But peace I give unto you. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. It's the same thing. When all turmoil is around you, you can still be completely in peace. And the reason you have peace is not because, well, one day be one day. You know God's going to get you out. How many times do you have to read Daniel in the lion's den to realize it's you are in the lion's den? And you can wake up in the next morning and tell King Darius, Oh, King, live forever. The angel was sent from the Lord, and he closed the mouth of the lion. Simple. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were having a good time in there. Their hair wasn't tinged, their clothes wasn't burned, they were in there walking around, and there was somebody else in there, too. Glory to God. These things are on. So simple. Let's close right here. <clears throat> Remember, and just recap, Psalm 3 and Psalm 4. Sure wouldn't be hard to find those. That's real close. Very easy. And they're, 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 we can't even interrupt. It's not negotiable. It's a prayer that David had prayed directly to the Lord. And Psalm 4 said, Lord, you have declared me perfect in your eyes. It's because of mercy. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. We're not feeling good in our body. We're not worried about it. You healed the paralyzed guy. Told him he was forgiven. We're no different. Praise the Lord. You'll take care of any aches and pains we have, or even something serious. Father, same thing is true financially. If we're struggling financially, you'll get us out of trouble. Praise the Lord. And if we're faced with any other problem, it might not be sickness, it might not be financial, it's just something that is just scaring us or something we're just worried about, Lord, we stop right now and give that burden over unto you, asking us, asking you, excuse me, to get us out of that trouble. I know you will, because that's what you said. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I didn't leave anything left, but I remember you said for us to go tell others what good things the Lord has done unto us. And that's what we're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.